0: that last supper, the Passover meal, that Jesus ate with his disciples just before he went on to be crucified, they had roast lamb, cooked in bitter herbs, most likely horseradish, and those bitter herbs were part of the Passover tradition. But why? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Fabulous to be back with you again today as we take another look at Easter from a different perspective. And look, please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be sharing something truly special with you to help you live in victory on those days when the daily grind of life just seems to be grinding away at you more than it should be. I want to share with you something really frankly today as we look back on Easter in this series over the last couple of weeks that I've called the Passover Blessing. And it's this. When I discovered Jesus, when he came to me a decade and a half ago and finally, finally I gave my life over to him, it was such a bitter, painful time of my life. It really was. Because I was living out at the time the consequences of years of selfishness and ambition and greed and those things have consequences, bitter consequences. The best way I can describe it, it was my life was like biting into a grapefruit. It was bitter and it was painful, and that bitterness, well, it took a while to go away. Even though I gave my life stock and barrel over to him, the consequences lingered on for a few years until I worked my way through them and things resolved themselves and my attitudes changed and I started to grow up. And as we head towards the end of this two-week series, looking at the incredibly rich symbolism, the meaning of the Passover festival that was being celebrated in Jerusalem at the time of that very first Easter, it's the notion of bitterness that I want to explore today because my hunch is that there are a few of us still carrying around a root of bitterness in our hearts and that, that is what Jesus wants to set us free from. We've talked all over the last couple of weeks about the fact that Easter has its tradition rooted in the Passover festival that happened 1,300 years before that very first Easter, 1,300 years before Jesus sat down with his disciples to eat that Passover meal. They crucified Jesus during this festival. Remember the Passover was remembering how Israel had been slaves in Egypt for over 400 years and then God sent Moses to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh refused, so God sent 10 plagues. The last of the plagues on Egypt was the death of the firstborn of every Egyptian household. Israel didn't suffer that because God had a plan for them. Let me just quickly read it to you from Exodus chapter 12. God said, Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. Your lamb will be without blemish, a year-old male, maybe a sheep or a goat you'll take it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel will slaughter the lamb at twilight. They shall take some of the blood, put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. And so the angel of death passed over the Israelites' house and their firstborn weren't killed. There's a rich symbolism here between Easter and the Passover that happened 1,300 years before Easter about the amazing salvation of God to take his chosen people out of slavery in Egypt through his powerful miracle and send them on a journey to the promised land. And they were commanded to celebrate this Passover every year one of the three major festivals on the Jewish calendar. And each year they celebrated it. There was a time when they strayed away and God brought them back And over the 1,300 years or so from when it happened through to Jesus' day, and still today, in fact, the Jews celebrate the Passover. The Passover meal, as I've just read, is lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. Probably the herb they used back then was horseradish, a bitter herb. And there's a reason for that, to remind the people of the bitterness of their slavery. Slavery is a bitter thing and it's not a place that we want to go back to. And so each year they cooked their lamb in memory of the Passover with bitter herbs to remind themselves of what slavery looked like. This great saving act in the New Testament at the Passover celebration, this first Easter, was where Jesus died on the cross, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And that's what we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks on the program. But I just want to spend a few moments together with you today to talk about these bitter herbs because there are so many people I know who, well, they believe in Jesus, okay, and yet they never let go of the bitterness of their slavery. What do I mean by that? Simply this. Before we give our lives over to Jesus, we we have a whole bunch of things going on in our heart that we kind of know they're not good for us. Anger, resentment, greed, selfishness, horrible things, ugly things, but we hang on to them because, well, we're entitled, right? And so perhaps what drove us back in those days was selfish ambition or greed or or perhaps the thing that stunted our growth was resentment. You know what it was in your life. And then one day, one day along the journey, you meet Jesus on the road. It's an amazing experience. You, you realise that God has come to us and that God wants to set us free. So we say, yes, I want that. I want to be free. I accept Jesus, this Jesus into my heart. And I love how Jesus said, referring to himself, that if the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. Think of those Israelites. They were in slavery for 430 years. Then God sent the plagues on Egypt. And then the miracle of passing through the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh's army chases them and they get drowned in the Red Sea. And there they are sitting on the other side of the Red Sea, looking back on all that. Man, they were free indeed, weren't they? And it's the same deal when we put our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross and that empty tomb of the Easter message. We are free indeed when we believe in that Jesus. But then, then what we do is, is we want that freedom, but we still want to hang on to, to the things that cause us bitterness in our slavery of sin. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Pursue peace with everyone and the wholeness without which one cannot see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Freedom's an amazing thing. When we get rid of the anger, the resentment, the selfishness, the unforgiveness, all that stuff that makes us slaves to our own selfish desires, the stuff that makes us bitter in our hearts, it's such an amazing freedom. Because a couple of things happen. Firstly, other people's failures and weaknesses and the stuff they do that stuff stops hurting us. It ceases to rob us of our peace and our joy and our freedom. And secondly, all those negative feelings disappear and God replaces them with his peace and joy. That's it. Now, it it may seem like a strange thing to talk about over these last few days over Easter, The, the bitter herbs, the Passover lamb that was roasted with them, the unleavened bread. But my hunch is that God has a plan today to set a few people free through the memory of these bitter herbs. Slavery is bitter. We're meant to remember that, and for that reason we don't want to go back there. Is there a root of bitterness that's taken hold of your heart? What is it? What what impact is it having on your life? The point of this bitter herb is to remind us of the bitterness of our slavery, of our sin. So often we, we just don't see it's ruining our lives, and we blame everyone else, and we blame our circumstances, and we blame God. The whole point of Easter is that Jesus, the Lamb, who died for us, the Passover lamb, is setting us free. Maybe today is the day for us to hand some bitterness over to him, the bitterness that we've been hanging on to, and be set free from that. I believe God is calling us today to examine our hearts. He'll show us what it is that's keeping us in the yoke of slavery. He'll show us the root of bitterness. He will, because he wants to set us free. And when we hand this over to him, That's exactly what he's going to do. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective.